So, Jahal, I heard that uh, recently you've been studying a lot of languages. Uh, can, can you recap for me which ones you've been studying recently? Well, see, I guess that's sort of... It is, it is yes, I am definitely very much into languages. Um, I have been taking classes in quite a few different ones. Um, but recently I've been focusing quite a bit on Japanese, which... Um, I'm, which I'm sure, you know, I know you have been, you're taking in school as well, but also Korean because um, we have, um, I, I suppose I'm going to be doing this one thing with one of my neighbors um, who is, you know, a sort of older woman and she, uh, I'm going to be teaching her um, English. She's going to be helping me with Korean, um, but I'm also taking classes in other languages, for example, Tibetan. Um, so that's basically what I've been up to these days. Um, but actually, I, I also did hear that yesterday you you took another one of those short transit journeys, huh? Uh, yeah, I did. I spent the, the afternoon uh, mostly just going out to Antioch, uh, trying to, to try out the new eBART service on BART, which is like three years old. Uh, and it turned out into like a, a seven-hour, eight-hour trip, but it, it, was, it was fun. You went to Antioch? Like the terminus of the, the yellow line? Uh yeah I did uh it's about uh, it's like an hour forty minutes actually from San Francisco to Antioch so it's it's pretty long I didn't actually ride it from Esfel Airport but it was still over I spent over probably three hours on BART yesterday. Impressive. <laughs> like we were talking about. Yeah I, th- I thought I thought it would be it'd be good to talk about the the Boeing seven ninety seven plane um or I believe I believe it has its its own name according to Boeing. Uh, yeah, the, the the new mid-sized airplane, as it's called, um, which so so my understanding is that it would, it would replace uh, both the, the seven fifty seven and the seven sixty seven, which which are both super old. And actually, from my own firsthand experience flying to New York recently, I flew on a, a twenty five year old seven fifty seven and a twenty six year old seven sixty seven. So obviously, th- these planes are pretty old for Boeing, um, and I think I think it's time that Boeing come out with a new plane. Um, so so that's what I think we were gonna. Uh, hopefully get into today well first of all let me say you know for the record i have i've never flown on a, either a 757 or a 767 all of the flights all of my like mid mid you know the sort of mid-sized planes they've all been like a330s or i guess 777s which is bigger um so i you know i'm i'm still you know, I, I have not had those experiences yet. And Boeing's already saying, oh, hey, by the way, here's a new one to replace them. So quite sad. I'll have to find time to take them. Um, but the seven the, the 797, it is, of course, um, you know, following Boeing's numbering sequences from the 717 all the way, 707 all the way up. Um, after the 787 Dreamliner is the 797. Uh, I believe the official name is the New Midsize Airplane or NMA. Um, and it is effectively, like Jack said, um, a plane in the mid-tier, which is effectively going to be um, replacing, sort of, um, in the, the 757 and 767, and it will be the plane to serve the sort of middle sweet spot between the 777, the max, the new max planes, um, and the 787, uh, which obviously are for uh, long haul, longer haul routes. Yeah, and I think so. So, what comes to mind to me first about this plane is that 
it's it's been in development since I believe twenty fifteen. Uh, but it but it seems to me that it's it's very responded to the competition that Airbus has created, um, primarily that the Airbus has extended the range of a lot of their A three twenty Neo family aircraft. So the the A three twenty one, I believe they have like the the A three twenty one Neo XR, and then they have the, the XLR, which I I think is revolutionary because they have so much range, uh, but they also don't seat that many people. It's only between like two twenty and two seventy. Um, how how much do you think this plane is being innovative, and how much do you think do you think it's responding to the competition of Airbus? Well, I think you know, for example, one of the big um, one of the big the, the the big themes, I suppose, is that um, you know the, the Airbus's newest plane, the the A three fifty, right, is in competition with the seven eight seven. So the effectively the um, the, the the Boeing seven nine seven, I believe it is meant to compete with uh, effectively the, um, I, I believe is it meant to compete with the A A two twenty is that right, um, cause the cause Boeing has the seven triple seven and the new Max planes to compete with the like A three twenty family, right. Yeah, so you're saying the the new aircraft is going to compete with the the A two twenty. Uh yeah, well I'm 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 saying the the A220, the um the former uh, C series. Yeah, yeah, I mean for my understanding was that Boeing still does not have any competitor for that at least and I think that's partly why they tried to invest in the in the Embraer 195E2 because that was the 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 closest competitor in terms of uh in terms of seats and range and comfort. Um Mhm. Well, I mean, it, it, I, I suppose it makes sense because, like, um, obviously, you know, as we've seen with Boeing's new developments and Airbus, for, for that matter, as well, you know, the um, the airline is moving more towards, sorry, not the airline, I'm sorry, the <laughs> the air, air, aircraft manufacturer, right, is responding to the airline um, demand for more, you know, point-to-point, um, point-to-point suited planes, right? So obviously the the A380 of Airbus was you know it didn't it didn't sell well it certainly didn't live up to expectations as amazing of a plane as as I think it to be um, you know it, there just it just isn't that much focus that much demand on the airline side of a hub and spoke model um, so that's definitely what I think the 797 is meant to sort of fulfill. Um, obviously being the mid-size plane, it would be serving, you know, again, the, the middle tier routes. Um, and I guess that would bring it in competition with the A320s, um, and also the A220s, um, which, you know, Boeing has the 737s to compete with in the short, like for the, on the short distance routes, um, but not for the, the middle tier routes. That's what, I mean, do you think there's other plans that Boeing has for, for this plane? Um, I th- I think it really is for that that kind of mid tier. Uh, I guess I guess right now they're they're probably trying to to ex- expedite that that development a bit because at least with with COVID, I think we've seen a lot of people looking for more just actual nonstop flights that uh that don't skip over destinations, especially if they're closed for virus protocols. So I think I think Boeing is pr- pretty intent on trying to to get a, a, a plane with a lot of range. Um, but it's also interesting that at the same time they they they're kind of getting that out of the 737 Max at least I think because we've been seeing Air Canada use that plane for some transatlantic flights, 
So I think I think it is going to be interesting to see what kinds of markets uh, uh, airlines end up using this new model. And do you have any insight into into what kind of specific markets we might see it in? Yeah. So actually, before talking about the the um, the specific routes, um, I want to do I, I do want to mention uh, so far the tentative plans um, for or you know tentative um, expectations for the plane. Um, so one big thing is that, um, it will obviously be like the 787 in that it will be very, you know, reliant on, uh, the long range technology. Um, and also like the 787 will be built out of the composite material. Um, so it will obviously be, so it will be certainly lighter than other planes of the caliber. Um, but because of the, the new composite material, it won't be as heavy as those other planes, um, but also because, um, the, the airplane itself, we can, we, you know, it's, it's been reported online, um, that we can sort of expect it to be, um, at least in an economy, right? Just, uh, the seat configuration, um, has been reported to be a two, three, two. So two, two by the window, three in the middle, and then two by the window again, um, for economy class, uh, and then one, two, two in premium economy, which, um, which I, I think and has also been reported that Boeing will focus quite a, quite a decent bit more on um, because of the, you know, the growing push towards the sort of, again, sort of the middle, not economy, but not, you know, the top tier luxury. And then in business class, it will be a one 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 configuration. Um, so, you know, like, like I said before, right, this is not going to be the Boeing 797 is not expected to be, you know, the the new luxury jet as Boeing sort of marketed the 787 um, or ha- as Airbus um, as Airbus marketed the A350 or the A380. Um, and it does say, you know, that it does say in, in various you know, news reports um, that the plane will have a range of about 10 to 11 hours, um, which is certainly, you know, it's certainly not short range, short haul flights. Um, but it's also not, you know, I guess, um, the sort of, it's not, it's not the top tier, right? Like what Boeing has with the 787, um, which is now mm-hmm. flying, you know, nonstop from London to Australia, right? Um, so, you know, I guess that's really uh, a, a critical part um, of, of, of what we can expect. Um, and sorry, you asked about um, the, the specific markets, Yeah. Yeah, I, I did, but I, I'm also I'm curious about the the point you brought up at least because you mentioned how it's not marketed to be a specific luxury aircraft, but also the configuration seems to suggest that it's that it's really passenger friendly because at least two three two in economy I know is really popular with with passengers because at least you can get a window seat, but also only have to climb over one person and especially with premium economy having a one two two that gives. That means that there's going to be someone with direct all access in premium economy, which I know would would please a lot of people, and also continue to improve premium economy as a whole. Uh, and then, of course, I think uh, a one 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 business class would be uh, first of its kind. And that's even better than some first class where you have uh, two seats in the middle. So, I mean, I, I think that also opens up the question of like other like premium markets that the plane would be fitted into that would that would really want to see that type of configuration. Um, but I think that that there's adds to the question of markets as a whole. Like, where do you see this plane being used? Yeah. So you know, again, the um, like we've mentioned already multiple times, uh, the market will obviously. I think you know we can both agree that it will be 
um, filling a the sort of long and skinny routes as they're sort of referred to, right? Um, yeah. Long, long, long distance, but you know, not so um, heavy demand. So you know, certainly this plane, the, the seven nine seven, will not be put on New York London um, or you know um, San Francisco Tokyo, right? Um, and you know, what, another thing that's that's sort of interesting to remember is that the seven nine seven, at least. For now, Boeing sort of Boeing sort of you know went back to the drawing board earlier this year, um, but what we can sort of expect is about like two hundred twenty passengers on there, and that's compared to the seven eight seven, which has you know three hundred the seven eight seven eight seven dash ten Dreamliner, um, which has three hundred thirty six passengers on board. Um, so it's you know a hundred less passengers to be fitted on, um, and it you know will. You know, it's it's definitely not an, another long haul um, route, uh, an, another long haul operator operating plane. Um, so you know, I came across this. Um, I think there's a really good page uh, on simpleflying.com actually um, that actually says what routes could be a reality with the Boeing seven nine seven, and I think it's 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 pretty. You know, it, it gives a pretty good summary on what exactly we can sort of expect, right? Because um, you know, it's like I said before, the plane isn't um, going to be serving the ultra long haul, like the popular long haul flights. Um, but it's also not going to be serving, you know, the, the super popular short haul flights because those are markets for the 787 and 737, respectively, um, on Boeing's part. Um, so here on the on the um, on, on this article, you know, we have, for example, you know, New York to Budapest, Hungary. Um, you know, certainly it's not New York to London or Paris, uh, but there definitely is the is demand. Um, or for example, you know, um, Dusseldorf to Johannesburg in South Africa. It's one of those long and skinny flights, right? Where you know you definitely need a larger plane to fly it because of the distance. Um, but there's there's you also need to be able to fill in enough passengers for it to be economically feasible, um, which is why you know the seven nine seven could be a really good fit for this these sorts of routes um, because a 787 would be wasting so would be wasting a lot of space um, on planes on 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 planes which have large sections empty um, and the 737 would just not be able to fly at all because of range limitations um, so I think this article you know if you look through it and we'll link it in the description as well it definitely has a lot of you know the sort of um, these these sort of example routes, um, but I mean, do you think there is you know, are, do you, would you sort of expect these kinds of routes to be on there as well? Like, do you have any other any other thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I think certainly the the, the long and and skinny would be would be my guess, and I think that's um, I think that can be true for a lot of uh, Europe to North America flights. I think especially. Uh, Aer Lingus in particular, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. is using a lot of the 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 longer A three twenty ones right now, and would would benefit from a plane like this. Uh, but I think also the, the Central Asia could like air, airlines like Air Astana in Kazakhstan mm-hmm. could could really benefit from this because those are uh, often uh, like uh, Almaty or however you mm-hmm. uh, Almaty yeah. it, uh, 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 gets a lot. I think frequently gets wide bodies from Lufthansa, uh, and I think uh, planes like. Like like this new Boeing NMA could actually have a lot of potential there, um, also with like flights to with, or Bishkek or Tashkent, uh, or also to maybe like Baku or uh, Tbilisi. But cities like that I think could really benefit. 
uh, and maybe even just like uh, across Australia or across New Zealand. But that also brings up a separate point, which is that on, on a, on, I think it's a separate simple flying article. Um, of course, in 2020, Boeing uh, did announce that they were scrapping their plans a bit and were going to refocus first on the 737 MAX and then reevaluate. But one of the things that that simple flying mentions Boeing trying to reevaluate is what if they just modified the 787 to make it uh, to, to make it a bit, uh, I guess, more suitable for, for shorter haul flights. And that, that came about to the, the short haul 787-3 variant, uh, which would have, uh, I think, I believe a capacity of like 290 seats, which is at the, the upper level of what the, the NMA was originally suggesting. And that seemed to be pretty popular, uh, potentially for like, uh, domestic markets in, 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 in the U S and Japan. And I, I wonder I think it, it, it's 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 unclear to me exactly how how this new plane will turn out, but I I, I think there's a lot of potential in what it, in what it can do. Well, for, yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I want let me I want to go back to what you said about like for example Central Asia and like the different markets where this could be in place, um, because yeah, I think you know especially as you mentioned, Air Astana, um, flying out of Kazakhstan, um, you know, for them, you know, the 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 main destinations where there is serviceable demand, they are all decently far away, right? Um, if you want to fly from Kazakhstan, the, the destinations are either in East Asia or in Europe or in the Middle East, all of which require, you know, several hours of flying to get to. Um, so I think, you know, this definitely could be certainly a, a very good fit for the countries like that. Or even as you mentioned, right, to Baku and Azerbaijan. I know Azerbaijan Airlines... I believe their current flights out of, I believe they currently operate the 787 and the, I think formerly the A340, but the 787 on a lot of their flights, um, a mixture of the 787 and the 757. Um, and so, yeah, I think, again, right, the if one of the main goals is to offer a newer version with the 787 technology onto the 757s size and its range um so i think you know while for example azerbaijan airlines or other airlines like that they would still be you know flying to new york flying transatlantic with their flying flying you know very long long distance with their 787s um for a lot of the shorter destinations that you know just don't have as much traffic from cities like baku or astana um i think the the 797 certainly is definitely um, at, at least on paper, right? It definitely would be a very good, uh, a, a very big game changer in that sense. Um, but with the 787-3, I actually, I'm actually, you know, I, I had heard about it earlier, like like a few months ago when Boeing, um, you know, decided they would reevaluate their plans for that. Um, but I mean, like you said, the Boeing 787-3, right? That's sort of the smaller version of the Boeing 787 which could, which is sort of, you know, it would offer the overlap of what the seven nine seven, um, sort of seeks to, seeks to capture. Um, so I mean, you like you said, it, it had been a it had been a success, sort of like there were Japanese there were orders from both from both Japan Airlines and ANA. Um, so I mean, what do you think about, you know, do you, what do you think about you know Boeing's decision to. Um, scrap that idea do you think there's a an intuitive reason for that well from, from a from a standpoint of a business standpoint i think 
given the so the interesting thing with the 787-3 is that it would have a, a relatively high amount of seats like a 290 to 330 which is 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 generally higher than 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 this mid-sized aircraft that they're originally proposing um and at the same time uh it would be in the same uh, size frame as a 787-8 um, so, which would mean that it has a lot denser seating, which also reduces its range. So, I think in terms of what it's actually offering, it's not particularly uh, helpful for a lot of airlines because it's not going to give you the the less seats, which will save fuel and save uh, and not have a bunch of planes flying empty. But at the same time, it, and it forces airlines to to fill these seats as well and not be able to fly them as far as they could have, mm-hmm. which I think like like. Like you've said, it suits the U.S. and Japan markets really well because, of course, ANA and Japan Airlines fly a lot of wide-body planes on their domestic flights that often sell out. Um, and I, I've been on those flights myself and have seen them um, be super crowded. But I think because it, there's really only two markets that they serve effectively, it's much better and more preferable for them to fly or at least to focus more on uh, on, a, on a smaller plane with like 220 to 240 seats. And that can have a longer range to to support those those longer and skinny routes. But also, uh, on what you said, I think it's interesting that, uh, like you mentioned, that Azerbaijan Airlines could use this airline, or this new aircraft, uh, for a lot of their routes in Aristana too, uh, from from like Almaty to to Seoul or Almaty to London. I think with with airlines like Azerbaijan Airlines, it's interesting that it it could it could. Uh, replace a couple of the Dreamliner flights, and I wonder. This might be a question later down the episode, but I'm curious as to to what this means for the future of some of these planes, like the 787, where um, a lot of airlines, I guess, are overusing them, where they're they're flying them on the routes because they ha- they need the range, but they also it also has way more seats than they need. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's also you know another. Um, that's definitely one thing to consider. And I, I know for certain that, you know, I, I, I have not flown with them, but I have looked at some rec- records and I have looked at, you know, online, but uh, quite a few of, for example, Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan Airlines flights from New York to Baku, uh, there is a sizable chunk that is, that is consistently empty. Um, and, you know, I think I would definitely agree with that statement that you just said that people are using that airlines, sorry, are using the 787s kind of in a way, you know, sometimes when, when they shouldn't be, um, just because there isn't another option that they have um, to capture the sort of long and skinny routes where the long and skinny routes, which don't have the demand of uh, a 787 itself. Um, and I think, you know, even again, right, what you said before with the 787-3 and its cancellation, um, you know, I guess it definitely makes sense. You know, you, um, even if you make the plane, um, or if you make the plane physically smaller to contain fewer passengers, it's still gonna, it's still, you know, the structure is still the same. It's still gonna cost that much fuel to operate. So you're effectively getting even less, you know, bang for your buck, um, than you would be if you were to have a, a newer airplane, a newer aircraft, which is designed specifically for uh that market with a different you know different system of fuel consumption or um, general layout um as you said Mm -hmm. yeah i I think it's 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 really interesting the options that boeing has uh and and i guess part of the the decision will be informed by what they can actually just do feasibly because of course they've been embroiled in 
in, in so much controversy, I think, from the 737 MAX to uh, to the to the the triple seven x being delayed so far uh and so far into the future it, it i think it's really uncertain what the the feasibility will look like and i guess uh, so boeing has said they're gonna try to get the plane into service i believe by by 2026 or 2027 do you think that's feasible and and what kind of, of plane do you think can be done in that time i think it's definitely feasible right because you know it's 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 with certain airlines in the past and throughout history, there have been, you know, this first came on the drawing board in 2015, as you said. Um, so there definitely has been quite a bit of planning and replanning um, to to figure out, you know, the, the the general structure. So, but so so you know, a lot of work needs to be done on the specific still, but there has been a lot of thought put into this. I think it's definitely feasible, but whether or not Boeing will actually perform perform to the best of their ability to make it feasible, I think that's a different question. Um, because you know, I, I'm sure as you know and as we all know, um, the aviation market is not one of is not exactly one of timely arrivals in any you know be it in 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 any aspect really be it in producing a plane be it in flights themselves um so i think you know 2026 2027 i think you know it it, 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 we probably could see it right just as how you know boeing with the 787 right they um you know, they set a deadline and they, they sort of made that. But then, of course, you know, other problems arose, right? Like with the 787, there was the whole issue of the, what was it, lithium-ion batteries, um, which delayed the, the the opening of operations by quite a bit. So, you know, it, it'll still remain to be seen if we have that that sort of issue with the 797. Um, but what do you think? Do you think, you know, in five years, actually, we'll be able to ride the... The seven, the seven nine seven. I I would imagine that that's certainly feasible, and I guess if they're just going to to upgrade specific planes, because I I know another option is just to to revamp the seven fifty seven and seven sixty seven. Those would probably be easier changes to make, um, and even if they do go with the new narrow body plane, I mean they have been they have been, put, this has been in the works since twenty fifteen, so that would be about oh an eleven year timeline, which I guess is, is makes sense to me, but what. Would be concerning is that Airbus, of course, has announced that they're trying to get the the A three twenty one XLR into service. I believe by twenty twenty three, with a bunch of uh, uh, airlines already taking or ordering the plane, and I and I think it's interesting that at least the the seven thirty seven Max fiasco was really caused by uh, I guess the, the pressures of competition yeah. from Airbus because Boeing's uh, rush. At least with, at least, because yeah, American was was really threatening to leave Boeing and to go to Airbus unless. Uh, Boeing could give them a, a revamped 737 or a revamped narrow-body plane, and I think that really put the pressure on Boeing to, to develop it super quickly. Um, and, and, of course, this market that Boeing is trying to fill, this long but skinny, it, it is really important, and I think we've seen that with like over 15 airlines, I believe, ordering the AC-21 XLR, uh, which I guess also uh, offers another question is, uh, who's going to order this new Boeing plane if all of them are going to Airbus? But I think it, it really puts pressure on Boeing to get it done quickly, and I don't really have trust in Boeing at that point. Mm-hmm. Actually, that that is a definitely another question to ask, right? Because you know we can we can definitely see um, that 
Airbus. Well, let me ask you this, right? Because here's because the interesting question is, what routes will this plane not be put on, right? And that's because you know, obviously we, we're talking about long and skinny, um, but right with a lot of the airlines, some of them are sort of already geared towards Airbus, or some of them already have you know, um, they they have other planes in use which. Um, are fitting the specifications quite well. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Do you think there are... So, for, like, for example, even in that article, right, this this Simple Flying article, um, it does mention that a lot of... Um, there are a lot of flights between... or There's a lot of demand for flights between, for example, China and Europe, right? But a lot of those, a lot of those routes are served by... You know, they are long... Um, and they may some of them may be skinny, um, but they are already adequately served by a Boeing seven eight seven or an A three fifty, or another one of the um, other Airbus planes, um, which you know is definitely another market which Boeing the Boeing seven nine seven seems to try to infiltrate um, or try to take over. Um, so do you think? I mean, again, do you think uh, Boeing will be successful in sort of converting um, a lot of these these routes to the 797 because putting it out there is one thing but actually getting airlines you know to 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 replace it um and be able to have the plane put in operation without you know a competition either from other airlines or from boeing's existing planes is a different story yeah and and i think it, it it's probably just going to come down to the airlines themselves and what they've had more comfortable or uh, like comfort with in the past or their personal preference i think uh i guess just looking at the, the map of what the 8 to 21 xlr is doing um uh, there seems to be a lot of concentration on south america and that's a market at least where a lot of the the u.s airlines uh united american delta have all been consistently using boeing planes for whether it be a 757 or a 767 or even a triple seven um I think those markets, especially as it, as it's marked here, like Houston to Santiago or Miami to, to Buenos Aires, those are routes that where I think Boeing planes have been used in the past and would be used again. And I think it, it, it's really just going to come down to to which airlines have which preferences. And of course, uh, if we go to uh, and look at the A twenty one XLR uh, and the orders from it uh, as they've been as they've been uh, at least listed. I think it have been airlines like Qantas uh, or uh, or Middle East Airlines, and I think that the U.S. airlines have been been slower to catch on. So, so those I think would be potential buyers for Boeing, at least because they've shown tendencies to buy Boeing in the past. Let me ask you this: Here's an interesting question. Do you think United Airlines would buy the Boeing seven nine seven? Because you know we have because actually speaking of the A three twenty one XLR. Um, United Airlines actually placed an order for 50 um, of the aircraft back in 2019. Um, and as we've seen recently, not only with the supersonic purchase, but also the electric airline, the electric aircraft purchase, United is pretty eager to, I guess, you know, get involved, get, um, you know, get involved in newer aircraft developments. Um, so I guess it's just an... An interesting question. Do you think United would be one to buy the seven nine seven? Uh, I I think it it really depends uh, on 
Uh, I mean, I guess there's, there's really no foresight on it, but I, I would presume that actually it might be, it would be difficult for them to at least, to to have them both buy the Boeing 797 and th this Airbus A321 XLR, at least because I guess it shows to me that they're, they're committed and have trust in Airbus to, to serve these new long and skinny routes. And, and United really doesn't have that many of them, at least because they get consistently decent ridership on a lot of their they're long haul flights and of course they don't really operate that many like long and skinny routes either like I, like i said like they're 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 pretty well populated on both ends uh with or at least with with passenger density and with load factor so i don't really see uh, like I, I said i think the, the south america to north america corridors could be could be an avenue but of course united will probably be using these these ac21 xlrs on that uh, unless well i guess there there is the 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 markets potentially of, of seasonal European summer destinations. I think like Dubrovnik comes to mind uh, or places in Greece. Those I think United has expressed a willingness <clears throat> to go to in the past. Uh, and I would expect to see a lot of these there. But then again, that doesn't really uh, like uh, ring a bell to me that, that okay, they're going to need 50 more Boeings to serve those, those routes because they already got 50 of them. So I, I, I don't really know. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I think hmm, I, this is sort of, you know, another... Um, I, I guess sort of just a, a side question of United Airlines. Um, but you know, speaking of Dubrovnik, which you just mentioned, um, you know, they actually commenced service just earlier this month from New York to Dubrovnik, and that's actually going to operate it with a seven sixty seven dash three hundred ER. Um, so you know, like you said, right, the 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 travelers to, for example, Eastern Europe, the seasonal European destinations, um, that is definitely a a a. a you know, that would be a very, very likely candidate for the 797 if it were to be operated by United Airlines. Um, but, I mean, yeah, they do remember, once again, right, United Airlines does operate a lot of the sort of, they do operate a lot of the sort of long and skinny routes, which are either operated by, like, the 767, 757, or 787 in some cases as well. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess... With United, of course, um, I, I I think they might be, I think they might get into the plane just because, um, you know, diversity of all sorts of aircraft, um, and especially given their latest trends of the supersonic and electric aircraft. Um, but once again, you know, we shall see. Yeah, it is interesting, though, at least that on this Wikipedia page about the, the Airbus uh, AC21 XLR, is that it indicates that United's order of 50 is replacing their their entire Boeing 757-200 fleet, which is, is not particularly big. But that, I guess, leaves out that the the only way they would get uh, the, the new Boeing 797 is either just to, to, to beef up this, this fleet of long and skinny planes or to replace... The, the 767 fleets, which, like like, like I mentioned, would serve routes to, like, Newark to, to Dubrovnik. Um, but I, I guess I think I think you're right that United certainly has, has shown a commitment to, to aircraft diversity, uh, and that would certainly help if they were to get the 797. Speaking of airlines, I'm going to ask you another one, because another one of, like, you know, since 2015, a number of air, airlines have expressed interest. Um, and one of these... Airlines has actually been Emirates Airlines, um, which, of course, is, as we all know, the very big, um, very fancy 
airline that operate exclusively long haul aircraft. They operate what A three fifty, A three eighty, seven triple seven, and seven eighty seven. Right? Um, they actually express interest in this sort of mid, um, mid range, mid size aircraft. Uh, so I mean, I guess here's another you know airline question of what do you think would happen? Um, what do you think would happen? What do you think um, would 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 come to be of Emirates and the Boeing seven nine seven? Well, well, personally, I think they would be a really, really, really good candidate for it. Uh, not, not, not least of which is that we're in the midst of a, a pandemic, obviously, and and I think Emirates has found themselves along with a lot of the other the Middle Eastern carriers that rely heavily on wide bodies that that when if there's no demand, they're screwed. Because they have massive planes that have uh, a lot of fuel burn, mm-hmm. uh, and and they can't fill seats. So if they have, uh, I guess, more of like it really is like a backup in a sense that like they can still serve the same routes. It, it just re- doesn't rely on as much demand. Um, and I, I think like we've seen that with with Delta with this AQ twenty plane, which has a lot of range, but it doesn't have as many seats, and it's actually been really helpful for them in managing the pandemic. I think if if airlines like Emirates can get these smaller planes that can also serve longer routes, they can really help on their their skinny routes to places like I don't know Phuket or to 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 Clark in the Philippines. Uh, I think I think it'd be really beneficial for them, and I, I would not be surprised if they got the plane pretty quickly and wanted a lot of it. Well, actually, another thing which you know you did mention the issue of the pandemic, right? And you know, absolutely correct. They are they are definitely screwed. Um, if they don't have any demand, uh, but you know, another, I think another big reason of why Boeing decided to, you know, go back to the idea of the seven nine seven as opposed to other alternatives is because of the increased, um, you know, not only the plane itself, the increased demand not only for the plane itself, but for these sort of point to point flights, um, because the pandemic has really highlighted that. You know, the pandemic has highlighted the need for, you know, staying safe in terms of transportation as well. Um, obviously, during 2020, nearly all, you know, um, nearly all air travel was kind of entirely put to kind of entirely just it just ground to a halt. Um, but, you know, with the pandemic still lingers and as we see more variants arise, um, it, it's clear that, you know, there will always be another thing that we have to watch out for, right? And, you know, it'll be imp- it would be sort of impossible, at least right now, at least, you know, given our current situ- circumstances, um, to sort of eradicate the pandemic entirely, especially with, as I said, you know, new variants. Um, and so it's just a matter of how cautious can you be, right? How, how best can you take precautions? And one of the best ways to take precautions no matter where, but especially with travel, is to, you know, limit exposure. And on the plane, right, on planes themselves, you know, 35,000 feet in the air, um, they have adequate circulation, they have adequate, you know, planes need to be pressurized, so there's constantly circulation of air. So, you know, the, the, the risk of transmission on a plane is quite low. But, you know, where transmission is very, very high? At airports, Right on the ground, just normal air conditioning, um, and you have people coming and going from all corners of the world, right into these sort of long international, big international airports, um, and so you know I think again, 
from now, not only because of other economic reasons, but because of the pandemic, the point to point model is become going to become even more, um, more popular because one of the worst things you can do in terms of spreading is to transfer at a big, massive international airport with people from all sorts of different places coming, interacting and, 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 you know, passing by coming into close contact um so i think that w- that's definitely been a driving force and i think it will be a driving force in the future as more airlines come to terms with this fact um it will be a driving force for pushing the popularity of the 797 um up but i guess also you know this sort of model into with with certain airlines like emirates um whose entire operations rely on the sort of hub and spoke model it will be certainly interesting to see what comes of that because you know as i mentioned not only is the hub and spoke model diminishing but also um with the addition of the 797 um it might even render a lot of their flights a lot of the demand that that the middle eastern airlines have it might render them entirely um you know not not preferable let's just say right so you know a, a lot of the transfers from 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 Africa, Europe, and Asia to to other destinations, in for, perhaps on the other on the other other, for example, you know from from Europe to Asia or Africa to Asia, you know a feasible way now to travel would be via, um, would be via you know Dubai or Doha. Yeah. Um, but with the new plane, right, that might change. You know, there would be airlines that be able to offer direct connections from flight from countries in Africa to Asia or to Europe without the need for that sort of middle transfer. Um, and because the route exists, and also because because the route exists, because the plane has a range, has adequate range, and also you know the right amount of seating, but also because of concerns of the pandemic, as well as. Um, the lower operating cost of said of the the Boeing seven nine seven. Um, I think another thing which could be um, a, a big thing to keep in mind about is you know how this will sort of affect the major airline players at, you know as we know them, right? Um, it could it could alter the market pretty drastically. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was make a lot of good points. That was sort of like a longer. <laughs> uh, yeah, point. I, I think it's good though, at least because I think, like, yeah, like as I said earlier, a lot of people want to avoid airports as much as they can because, like you said, they're they're huge virus hotspots, and I think that this this the Boeing seven ninety seven would allow for a lot of people to to bypass major airports like Dubai, um, and I th- I think it's interesting because like Lufthansa used to operate a route to like uh, Pune in India. Uh, which was, I believe, one of the the least profitable routes uh, out there. I believe it was also operated on A320 as well. That they were flying from uh, from Munich or Frankfurt. I believe it, it may have been Munich actually, and I believe it made a stop in in Azerbaijan. I could be totally wrong on that, but it did make a stop somewhere uh, before Pune. But uh, it, it's crazy that they would operate this route because it was such horrible comfort, and it took almost like eleven hours to even get there. Um, and it, and it made a stop, but I think that that's important because it shows that there there can be demand for some of these these smaller cities in places like India, uh, where you would normally just m- maybe fly uh, in comfort on Emirates and stop in Dubai. But now, if you get this plane, the Boeing seven nine seven, that can fly direct from Europe to India, 
uh, to some of these smaller cities in India or even Central Asia, as we talked about earlier. I mean, the, the market potential for that is, is enormous. But even but even going back to Emirates, if the pandemic is going to just uh, to stay here for a while, which it, which it very well might if people don't get vaccinated, and of course, the Middle East in the past, like uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan, have shown a reluctance to get vaccinated against polio. Uh, I th- I think at least on for an, for Emirates perspective it's probably beneficial for them to at least consider buying the plane uh, because worst they can do is just uh, have less seats than than they than the demand like you could operate this route from dubai or operate the plane from from dubai to london and fill it and and make money but of course you can probably operate an a380 uh, and maybe get some more people but i think it's it, it's good in the, in the long term for at least you can cover some demand and make sure you have a backup plan against future pandemics or even in, in or times when when people don't want to fly as much. But I think for Emirates and for, and for all of the Middle Eastern uh, carriers, if you get rid of that geographical advantage of stopping over, uh, th- th- then it, it would be really bad for those airlines. Now, I, I think it's, it's important to point out that the, I think those airlines will still have a, a large geographical advantage, at least because if you're flying from uh, like uh, South Africa to the, the west coast of the U.S., you're still going to have to stop somewhere, whether it be in Europe or in the Middle East. And I think a lot of people would still want to stop in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, if you're going to, to East Asia, like uh, Cape Town to Tokyo is not going to be able to be covered by, by a 797, and you still have to stop. But I, th- I think, as you mentioned, that the, the flights from, like, say, say Cairo to uh, to to like uh, to Delhi or to, to Singapore, those might be able to be covered by the, the 797. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, you know, I guess, you know, as we've seen before, right, as we've seen with the introduction of the 787 flight from Perth to London, um, you know, analysts had, pre- had before, it op- before it began, analysts, analysts had previously predicted that, oh, you know, this flight won't gain much popular, much popularity, um, you know, people will still prefer to stop in Dubai or Doha or Abu Dhabi um, to be able to get out, stretch your legs and then connect. Um, but that plane, you know, proved to be immensely popular, the Qantas flight from Perth to London, direct. Um, I believe the first flight took off with, like, 94% capacity, which is amazing, um, especially for a flight of that caliber. Um, so, you know, there definitely is the demand for for these sorts of long-haul flights. Um, so, actually, I want to, you know, I want to bring up, you know, two points, one about Emirates and one about other airlines. Um, the first one is, do you think that we would... You know, Emirates is sort of trying to play both the connector airline as well as the ultra luxury airline um, role. Um, with the with the introduction of the sort of flights which bypass um, the United Arab Emirates entirely and render them sort of sort of you know not needed, um, do you think Emirates and the other Gulf airlines they will have to have a change in operation um, and focus more on oh, connecting you know smaller cities or connecting or, or even, even you know, focusing more on um, a more high class, becoming more luxury airline based, um, instead of being connected, being like the sort of connector of Afro Asia. And the second question I want to sort of pose is like the other airlines, which sort of act as regional connectors. For example, Ethiopian Air, Ethiopian Airlines, right, um, which is a large connecting um, airline among Africa itself. Um, you know, a lot of destinations between Addis Ababa and other cities, um, people would fly from a city, connect in Ethiopia, and then f- continue on. Do you think, you know, the sort of lesser, re- the sort of smaller regional connecting airlines, they would have, 
they would see, you know, that sort of impact because there's no longer a need for those sorts of point-to-point destinations, um, you know, connecting through Addis Ababa or through Cape Town or through whatever. Yeah, I mean, at least, at least for Emirates, I think, uh, well, I guess a, a lot of Emirates revenue obviously comes from, from being luxury and, and filling a lot of those those premium seats, and I don't think that's going to change because they they make a lot of revenue on the on their big city routes from say say London, Dubai, or Dubai to Tokyo, and and I don't expect the the Boeing seven ninety seven to cover route from like London to Tokyo, and I think we'll still see a lot of connecting traffic from big market cities like I said Cape Town to Tokyo or Cape Town to I don't know Chicago, uh, which I would still expect a lot of people to fly Emirates. So I would I would I would lean towards the latter on what you mentioned there, that they would certainly uh, try to use their luxury seats and, and brand image to their advantage to gain people that way. And I, and I think it'd be harder for them to focus on smaller cities because those those really would be taken away, or at least, I mean, certainly you can still connect in Dubai to some of the, these these far away places like L.A. Uh, or uh, or to South America, but I think for places in Europe... Or in in Central Asia, the uh, Emirates serves, especially maybe like, um, or a lot of the, the a lot of the fly Dubai routes, which I guess isn't Emirates itself, but is affiliated with Emirates. Those would really really suffer, uh, because a lot of people I I, I would assume fly through Dubai to get to Central Asia to places mm-hmm. like Tashkent or to or to Ashgabat, and those routes would really suffer because those could just easily be replaced by the seven ninety seven. But I think Ethiopian is a different story in that. A, a lot of their traffic connects to to places like uh like Senegal or Togo or in Ghana, um, and of course, uh, I I think it's really difficult for those uh, at least airlines in those countries to even gain enough money to buy the plane in the first place. So you'd have to see richer airlines like British Airways just come in and fly, say say London to Lome, which I I believe uh, you can already connect to to Paris, I believe. So I think a lot of Ethiopians. Intra-Africa traffic is certainly not going to be replaced at all by this aircraft, just because a lot of these countries don't have uh, really enough financial uh, investment to even buy the aircraft in the first place. Uh, and I, and I, and I don't think that, that there's a really an inconvenience of stopping in Aswaba anyway. Mm, yeah, I mean, I guess the second one about Ethiopian airlines, like the sort of smaller regional connectors, I guess that sort of makes sense. Um, you know. It may not even replace them, but Ethiopian might just take that to their advantage to use these sort of smaller, you know, not trans, not sort of you know across the world um, length flights. But Ethiopian might Ethiopian and other sort of regional connectors like that might take the airline for themselves and use that in their spoke uh, hub and spoke model, um, which may be pretty interesting. Um, but I, you know, and I think that's definitely going to be the case with you know Ethiopian airlines or. You know other other airlines like that, right? Like Vietnam or Garuda Indonesia, um, but you know in terms of Emirates and those Gulf region airlines, um, I, I I I suppose you know there always is um, a there will always be people who who you know would prefer to transfer in Dubai and you know be in the 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 ultra luxury city, um, but what I am thinking is that like. You know, like as you said before, right? For example, um, was London to Tokyo or like um, was it Chicago to Cape Town? Um, I think what, what effectively Boeing plans and what a lot of airlines are hoping for is that um, for the markets, for those sorts of markets, which are like ultra long haul, those will be actually be, you know, be operated by the 787 
and the you know the mid tier ones operated by the 797 all of which would be just direct point to point routes so you know no matter if it's a super long haul or if it's you know a medium haul um one of those long and skinny routes um you know boeing and a lot of airlines you know boeing has has a plane will will have had a plane for that and a lot of airlines are seeking that out um so i am i i would say that you know in terms of the sort of gulf airlines um i i, I definitely do agree they're not going to lose their their ultra luxury selling points um but i i would i would sort of think that they're their sort of demand for those those airlines, right, um, would definitely decrease, especially, like I said before, um, sort of like not, not too dissimilar from what had happened, you know, in, in prior decades, which is before, um, before the, the, the Gulf states came to prominence, the main transfer, transfer hubs um, were in Southeast Asia through Bangkok or through Singapore, um, and there, there's, there's no doubt there are still major transport, uh, transit stops, um, but they are certainly not. You know, they have been overtaken by the Gulf states, um, and so you know what I'm thinking that what I think there is definitely a possibility of happening is that you know instead of being replaced by another geographic region, that the Gulf states themselves, you know, in terms of their airline connections, they would just be you know sort of rendered a little sort of rendered um certainly not let's just say not as you know popular as they are now because of the existence of a lot of these long and skinny flights um between africa and asia or europe uh, and and all the rest yeah and and i think it's interesting though because i think for for the time being boeing seems to be reluctant to at least focus more on the 77 because of course right now they've got the the triple seven x going on they they had the 737 max and and obviously the 797. Uh, and I think that also just demonstrates there still are markets to be filled in the aviation industry because there really isn't right now a plane existing that can serve ultra-long routes but also have somewhat thin demand, or at least... Because I guess in the context of those routes, you need a plane with the range. And in order to get that range, you often need weight, significantly less weight. And I think Big, we see that yeah. with, 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 the, with the A350 ULR only having like 200 something seats with the bulk of them just being premium economy and business which i guess also demonstrates that if you if right now in the status quo the the only planes that can serve ultra long routes are also incredibly business heavy because if you're not going to have a lot of seats on these long routes you need to get the most out of them and sell them for expensive prices which means you're you're probably going to have to make them nicer and i think it shows that boeing could potentially capitalize on okay we could, we need to make a super ultra long plane it's probably not going to have that many seats, but we also need to make money. But we also uh, want to uh, to attract a, a certain type of customer and at least maybe uh, serve at least slightly smaller markets. Um, and, and I wonder whether Boeing would want to take that risk and go for a, a, an ultra-long, thin uh, type of plane. But I, I think they've, they've shown a reluctance to do So that's that. actually interesting. I want to ask you about like the, the ultra-long thin plane right um right now the closest we have to that is the 787 um so i mean do you think boeing is like in order to service that type of of of, of aircraft um to make routes like you know london to auckland possible um do you think you know boeing is trying to sort of have the 787 fill that role or do you think you know we will see the um seven do you think we will see any sort of action on you know 
to that goal with the 797? Um, or do you think, you know, that is something that is co- a completely different topic for another, another, a, a future endeavor? Uh, well, well, I think the 787 is, is Boeing's best bet, and I believe they've been doing a lot of testing from, from Sydney to London. But I think the issue is, is that the, the, the farther you, you try to fly the plane, you continually have to cut seats down and down, which I think forces airlines to try to sell them at really high costs. Which again is not gonna it's not gonna do very well with in thin demand places. Now I, I would say London to Auckland is, is has decent demand and certainly could could certainly fill up a plane and make money on it. But I think for for the ultra long thinner routes, say like uh, like La Paz Bolivia to to Dubai, those kinds of routes, which uh, seems like a complete fantasy to operate, I think could be profitable if you have the right kind of plane. But I I, I think there has to be a market for it. And I think Boeing has found a market for this mid-sized aircraft, but I don't think this, this ultra-long aircraft has any one right now. Mm. Yeah, it makes At sense. At least for, for, thin, for thin demand routes. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I I suppose in that regard, you know, the um, you know air, uh, con- conventional regional and, and connect, regional connectors are still safe in that regard. Um, you know, I guess in, in, in La Paz's case... By the way, who is... What, what is the main... I mean, it's, it's, it's just Avianca and Latam, um, if you want to fly to La Paz. Yeah, or the, the, there's Boliviana de Aviacion, which I think has a flight to Madrid. Ah, yes, the one flight to Madrid. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that definitely seems... Um, hmm. I guess I guess it's sort of just another thing that we'll have to see, huh? like um, what Boeing's exact plans for the 797 and also flights in the future Um you know, newer planes in the future will be. Um, but I guess for now, um, if there's any new updates, we will await Boeing and certainly airlines decisions on that. Um, otherwise, I mean, I guess, you know, we'll just have to wait five years to take the plane if all goes well. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I'm pretty excited about it or the, the, the option of it. Cause I think it would open up a lot of new, uh, a lot more routes, uh, to all places over the world which would be certainly exciting are you excited to take that flight from la paz to dubai that i don't i don't really know <laughs> about uh it certainly would be would be pretty long uh, and and way out in the future but you never know oh and i guess also that the, the altitude there at la paz makes it difficult and i think that would already uh, make it impossible at this point but but you never know we never know you know maybe in in you know after five years ten years that flight may actually be a, a reality um, but at least I guess for now, um, you know, we will see whatever Boeing comes up with and um, await further, await further updates on either the seven nine seven or if the plans ultimately, you know, there is still a chance that they get thrown out entirely um, and and replaced with a replaced with either another seven eight seven modification or another completely new plan entirely. Um, so we shall wait and see. <laughs>